I have a question for you guys. What would you do if you woke up in a lot of pain, but you can't recall what happened to you? You feel like you were hypnotized. There was a serial killer who hypnotized his victims into forgetting what happened to them after they've been tortured for multiple days. Hi guys, welcome to No Crime Like True Crime. I'm your host, Natalie, and today we are going to be talking about the toy box killer, David Parker Ray. Viewer discretion is advised because this episode heavily talks about sexual assault. I am going to talk a little bit about his childhood before going into all of his crimes. So David Parker Ray, he was born on November 6th of 1939 in Belen, New Mexico. At the age of 10, he went to live with his grandfather since his parents abandoned him. We don't have too much information about his relationship with his grandfather other than his grandfather is really stern and believes in extreme discipline. But we do know a little bit about his father. So his father was pretty abusive towards David Parker Ray. And his father was the one who exposed him to pornography at a very young age. He exposed him to BDSM and sadomasochism. For those who don't know, sadomasochism is a type of sexual ass where pain can be inflicted or one is being humiliated. I just want to know, I know that not all people who are in BDSM and the BDSM community is not bad, but there are some people who takes it a little too far. And let's go into his high school years. After a while, he does go to high school, but he was bullied due to him being extremely shy and awkward towards girls. But his fascination for BDSM and sadomasochism just grows stronger and stronger. He begins to drink and do drugs. He was an extremely quiet guy and very slender, very slim as well. He wasn't a troublemaker though. And he ends up moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico after his grandmother died. And fast forward to his senior year, he graduated as a D average student in 1957. And he ends up marrying his first wife, where it's alleged that he told her that he killed his first victim at 15 years old. It was said that he tied his victim to a tree and then murdered her. But this was all alleged. We are not sure how accurate it is. And after some time, he decides that he wants to join the U.S. Army, which he does, and he becomes a mechanic. Not too long after his first marriage, they end up filing for divorce. And then he gets married a second time, which ends in divorce as well, and marries a third time, and he has a daughter named Glenda Jean Ray, also known as Jessie, who was born in 1969. We'll circle back to her later. And in the year of 1969, when Jessie was born, David Parker Ray decided, you know, I want to explore the world. I want to become a hippie. He want to live the hippie lifestyle. So he does in Albuquerque and leaves. And after a couple of years, he comes back. And in 1981, his third marriage ends. He then gets married a fourth time and it ends with divorce as well. And now, you're probably wondering why I'm going to circle back to Jessie. Well, she was one of the accomplices in the toy box case. So I'm going to tell you a brief description about her. So like I said previously, she was born in 1969. And from the beginning, she was a daddy's girl. She was extremely close to her father. And she actually knew about all his crimes at such a young age. She did report it to the FBI, though, but nothing was done because there was nothing they could do. There was no evidence to back it up, so an arrest was never made. 
And like I said, she becomes an accomplice in this case. So I'm going to go over the accomplices as well. The next accomplice that is known is Roy Yancey. We don't have too much information about him, but we did know that he was one of Jesse's friends and was really interested in Satanism and BDSM, but I wasn't able to find much information other than that. The next and final accomplice that I'm going to be introducing was Cynthia Henny. We'll call her Cindy, though. That's her nickname. A brief description about Cynthia, though, is she was born in 1960 and was raised in Everett, Washington. Her mother was an alcoholic, and Cindy would often go hungry. She would have to beg for food. However, she did see her mother get attacked by her mother's abusive boyfriend named Dick. Very fitting. Eventually, her mother marries a different man. This monster tried to go in bed with Cindy and attempt to rape her. And his excuse? Oh, I went into the wrong bed because I was drunk. And at the age of 12... Cindy was kicked out and she began to prostitute herself. She got addicted to drugs like cocaine and got addicted to alcohol as well. Eventually, she moved to New Mexico to flee from her grand theft charge and drug charges as well. This is where she meets David Parker Ray, who is 57 years old at the time, in a town called Truth and Consequences. I just wanted to know that I had no idea that there was a town called Truth and Consequences in New Mexico, or any town at all. That was really interesting as well. Now, let's talk about the terrifying toy box located in Elephant Butte, New Mexico. David Parker Ray spent over $100,000 on this. So in this toy box, there is a medical grade gynecology chair, and on top of the chair, there is a mirror that's mounted on the ceiling. The reason why there is a mirror mounted to the ceiling? It's so the victims could see them being tortured, and that's scary. On top of there being a mirror, on the floor there's so many whips, there's chains, there are straps, there are clamps, there's a leg spreader bar, surgical blades, pulleys, there's numerous sex toys, and there are a bunch of saws as well. There was also a contraption that he would use to immobilize his victims so he could rape them as well. And there are different ways that he uses to inflict pain. He also creates a recording for his victims to listen to when they are abducted. This recording was created on July 23rd of 1993, and it's 45 minutes long. I'm going to talk about the tape now, and it's disgusting. So this part heavily talks about sexual assault, so I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that. And it talks about torture as well. He starts off saying, hello there, bitch. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, probably gagged and blindfolded. You are disoriented and scared too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. For a little while, at least, you need to get your shit together and listen to this tape. That's how he starts it off. He then mentions in the tape, he wants to tell the victims why they've been kidnapped and what's going to happen to them and how long would they be there. He mentions that he doesn't know why you were kidnapped or what you were, but he doesn't care about that either. He calls this a general advisory for future female captives. He also mentions that he's been using this tape for quite some time, and if there is anything that needs to be changed, he will change it in the future, which is crazy. He then mentions that they think that they're going to be raped, and he says verbatim, you're sure fucking right about that. 
he says that they're going to be raped repeatedly in every hole that they got. And he says the reason why he kidnaps people is because he wants to train them to be a sex slave. He said that they're going to be chained up and naked like an animal. And he's going to abuse them whenever he wants and any way he has to. And he says, well, you should get used to it. He mentions that he and his lady friend have been keeping sex slaves for many, many years. They have a lot of kinks that involves rape and a lot of dungeon games. David Parker Ray mentions that he's very picky on who he keeps, who he picks up. He says that he prefers to pick up girls that are in their early teens and he likes their small bodies. He believes that they're easy to handle and train. And he says other things that I'm not going to mention because... He just believes that they're perfect slaves. And if he can't find young victims, he says that he goes to a gay bar. And he also mentions that he's not afraid of having like STDs or anything like that. And he doesn't like to use any protection. He says he rarely comes back empty-handed without anyone. And says that there's plenty of people that he could choose from to become his sex slave. He mentions that he puts them in the slave room and there's nowhere that they could hide or escape. It's soundproof and escape proof he said he mentions that he has been raping people since he was old enough to masturbate as well he also states that he doesn't give a fuck about why they're there or why he should let them go he doesn't care if the person has a kids if they're married has a car payment has a job or anything like that he doesn't give a fuck and he doesn't want to hear about it either and he says he doesn't have any respect for his victims at all. And he says that they are no more than a dog to him. He states that they'll be well kept and fed and they'll be clean as well and will be good in a physical condition. They'll be able to use the bathroom whenever they please. He mentions that he's really interested in bestiality. He also mentions that while the victims are there, they're going to have to have a lot of oral sex. And they're going to be forced to give oral sex to both him and his lady friend until their jaws ache and tongue is sore and he says you probably won't like it but you're gonna have to fucking do it is what he says he also mentions that he likes variety of different women he doesn't really care who they are he'll pick up pretty much anyone they could be walking jogging doing anything and if he feels like it's not risky he will catch them he also mentions that he doesn't typically kill people unless it's necessary he says that if he killed every bitch that he kidnapped, there would be bodies all over the country. And in the transcript, he does heavily talk about bestiality as well and how he has a German Shepherd and he would have the German Shepherd attack his victims. Like I said, he's into bestiality. And I don't want to go any more into that because that's a little much for me. But he wants a victim that would typically follow the rules and he expects the victims to call him and his mistress master and mistress and the way that victims would have to answer is yes master no mistress stuff like that so for example if he asked how old are you you would have to say age master and he wants them to show proper respect and if he doesn't he has these electrical wires attached to the nipple of the victim and if the victims answer it the way he doesn't like it he would shock them and every time they answer a question wrong the shock hurts more and more he mentions that he does enjoy oral sex a lot and if the victim tries anything such as to bite him he says that he will cut off a nipple and if it's a really bad bite he cuts off a whole boob because he thinks teeth are a serious weapon 
and he doesn't want them to do anything like he says don't kick don't resist or anything like that otherwise they would be hurt he also mentions that he does not want the victims to talk unless they're spoken to so they would have to stay quiet and if they talk they'd get punished he says he mentions if a victim wants to stay completely safe there they would have to be docile and they have to follow all the rules he mentions if they do anything if they try to kick or anything like that and they accidentally scratch him or his mistress then they would get into serious trouble he mentions that if it's up to his lady friend Cindy, then they would just keep one victim. But since it's up to David, he likes variety. He likes to have new victims. The reason why? He says that he can't get off with just one girl. He also mentions that he prepared a questionnaire that each female captive has to fill out. And he mentions that some of the questions will make them uncomfortable, but they still have to answer it. And they have to answer it truthfully and completely and he doesn't want to catch them in a lie he says the questions are typically about their physical health such as what medications they take what are their sex habits sexual preferences and if they had any childbirth and he also wants to know what type of medication they take he also wants to know when their period dates are and then he puts them up on the gynecology chair just to check if it's accurate he then says if you have any medical conditions let me know and they'll make adjustments for them, he says. And as I mentioned earlier, he would typically have them answer in a certain way. So if he asks, have you ever given birth? They would have to say, yes, master, no master, yes, mistress, no mistress. And he would use the electric shock on them to put on their nipple. So if they answer it wrong, he would typically up the shock and hurt them. He also mentions that he likes to play mind games with them. Before they're released, he gives them a drug called sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. These are hypnotic drugs. In a way, it brainwashes them to have them forget about what happened. He also mentions that he cleans them up very well so there would be no DNA evidence. He then drops them off and they don't remember what happened to them. They just know that they're in pain. The way he ends the recording is... Be docile, be smart, and be a survivor. Don't ever scream. Don't talk without permission, and be very quiet. And be obedient. And show some proper respect. Have a nice day. That's how he ends it. Now, we're going to talk about the known victims. First, Kelly Garrett. Kelly was actually one of Jesse's friends. And in 1996, Kelly and Jesse were at a saloon in town. Kelly had a terrible fight with her husband at the time, and she was drinking a lot. This is where Jessie drugs her, and she was taken back to the toy box, where she was raped and tortured for two whole days. Kelly survived, and David Parker Ray dumped her on the side of the road. She couldn't remember anything about what happened. Her husband thought that she cheated on him and filed for divorce, and the way she found out she was a victim is the police discovered a recording of her and she has a specific tattoo and that's how she was discovered to be one of David Parkerway's victims and find out what happened to her otherwise she wouldn't have known anything that happened to her the next victim was Marie Parker she was actually murdered by Roy Yancey in 1997 she was actually one of Yancey's exes and David Parkerway raped her tortured her and had your Roy Yancey kill her. 
and Roy Yancey does admit to his crimes. The next victim, Angelica Montano. She was acquainted with David Parkery. She was just coming over to borrow some cake mist or some sugar where he drugs her, tortured her, and raped her. What he did was he left her on the highway and she was founded by police. There was nothing that she could defend about it. And this was a month prior to the last victim, Cynthia Vigil. Cynthia was in a parking lot in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where then David Parker Ray runs up to her and says, Hey, I'm an undercover cop, and proceeds to put handcuffs on her and says that she's arrested for sex work and throws her in the backseat of his car, where then he takes her to the toy box and chained her to the gynecology chair and proceeds to rape her and torture her for three whole days with Cindy Henny. He used all types of things you could think of. He used whips, electric shock, and multiple sex toys to torture Cynthia. She recalls having to call him master and mistress to his lady friend. And finally, on the third day of her abduction, she found an opportunity to escape. Cindy Henny accidentally left the keys of the handcuffs and chains on the table super close to Cynthia. Cynthia found her chance. She grabbed the keys and freed her hands. Cindy comes running in and a fight ensues. Cynthia grabs an ice pick and stabs Cindy's with it and runs out of the trailer completely naked with chains on her with even a slave collar and she knocks on every door she can where then eventually someone opens the door for her and the police were called. And Roy Yancey, Jesse, Cindy, and David Parker Ray were then arrested. While investigating, they found a diary that David Parker Ray had where he mentioned that he actually killed many, many people. And it was alleged that he killed at least 50 people in his diary. There were evidence in the diary, but there wasn't enough to make a case. We were just mentioning the four victims that we were able to find. Now let's talk about the sentencing, which I think is absurd. David Parker Ray, he was tried and was convicted of 12 counts of torture and sexual assault in the first trial. In the second trial, there wasn't a verdict that was made because the victim passed away before they were able to seek justice. And in 2001, David Parker Ray was sentenced to 224 years in prison. He never served a sentence, though, because in 2002, he died from a heart attack. He was 62 years old. Cindy Henney was tried as an accomplice and received 36 years and after 18 years, she was eligible for parole in 2019. She's out now. Jesse was tried for kidnapping and was sentenced to two and a half years and five years of probation. And Roy Yancey, he was convicted of strangulation and the murder of Marie Parker. He received two 15-year sentences and only served 11. He was released in 2010. He couldn't stay out of trouble from what I know. And a side note that I wanted to add... Cindy Henney and Roy Yancey, they actually identified areas that David Parker Ray actually disposed bodies of victims that he murdered. However, when the police went there, there was no human remains in any of the location that they said. That's why he was dubbed the Toy Box Killer, which is why I wanted to mention that as well. Because he said that he did kill numerous women over the years, and the numbers could have gone up to about 80 as well. We aren't sure how many more victims he would have had, especially because 
he hypnotized them for them not to remember by using the sodium pentothal and phenobarbital. This case for me was actually really, really sad and scary because three of the accomplices are out right now and David Parker Ray is dead, but still, I just feel sorry for the victims because I can't imagine what they went through. But I wanted to mention that this episode did bring me to nightmares, honestly, because I actually read the whole transcript and you just can't believe that, you just can't believe how evil a person could be, you know? Like, I was terrified and I had nightmares and editing it right now, it's just crazy. But what did you guys think? Please leave a review below just so I could see how I could improve and follow our pages on Instagram, No Crime Like True Crime. And tune into next week's episode uploaded every Monday of No Crime Like True Crime. I thank you for watching this video. I'm so sorry that it was very dark and I hope you guys have a good night. Bye.